Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need great NBA inside and information, Howard Beck is absolutely one of the best in the business at Howard Beck applies his trade for Sports Illustrated, does an amazing podcast, and in about 10 minutes will be subjected to what the Beck kind of questions. But first, some hoops talk. Hello, Mr. Beck. Mr. Ryder, how are you, sir? Been a while. Morning, buddy. Yeah, good to, good to hear your voice. I saw you were in Spain. I was in Spain part of the summer. Hope you guys had a great time. Uh, how could we not? It was incredible. I should have <laughs> stayed. Uh, I loved it. The food was amazing. It was uh, also much cheaper than Brooklyn. Yes. Go figure. Yeah. Uh, it was gorgeous. Loved, loved Spain. Yeah, me too. Uh, Howard back here on the show. Howard, I, I heard your voice asking some questions at, at Lakers Media Day. Let, let me ask you just this Lakers question. What do you think is a realistic, a realistic ceiling for the Lakers this season? It's a, it, I honestly don't even know how to assess them right now. Um, I feel like the Lakers have now become almost underrated, slept on, because everyone's just kind of moved on. Like, oh, LeBron, you know, what is ESPN ranks? Got him outside of the top five now. And look, all you have to do is go back to last season and his stats when he was actually playing, which was, you know, a decent chunk of the season. The guy was still putting up MVP caliber production. And Anthony Davis... We know what he's capable of at his best. And so there's this really weird kind of, uh, you know, ill perception or or now um, dismissal of the Lakers based on the idea that LeBron is done and Anthony Davis is is just never going to be able to recapture what he had in the bubble or that he's, 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 a, he's a, somehow a, a counterfeit star, something. I don't even know how people would put it. I just think that nobody really gives them credit for, for their talent anymore. And a lot of that has to do with all the other stuff, right? Russell Westbrook didn't fit, still doesn't fit, don't care what anybody says. I'm, I'm not convinced until uh, it's proven otherwise. And they don't have a great supporting cast. All true, all reasons to downgrade the Lakers and to not put them in that top tier in the West, especially considering it's a pretty strong tier. All that said, <laughs> here we go. When we get to the Nets, I'm going to do this same thing. Just start listing caveats. Um, if LeBron is healthy for let's say 70-plus games, and Anthony Davis is healthy for the 70-plus games, maybe even the same 70-plus, if Westbrook does find a way to kind of reimagine himself and be more of a supporting role player, sixth man, whatever it is, it should be a pretty good team. Like, I don't, they're not a contender, I don't think. I, I, I can't possibly imagine them breaking through the West but also the West does not have one overwhelming favorite. You know, the Warriors deserve to be favorites as defending champs, and 
have a lot going for them. Youth that is getting better, and Clay Thompson will have a full season, all that stuff. The Nuggets are getting Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. back. The Suns have kind of a cloud over them, but, you know, look, they were in the finals as recently as, you know, less than a year and a half ago. And the Clippers have Kawhi Leonard back and Paul George and this really deep roster. Like, there's a lot of really good teams, all of which you can make a case for to come out of the West. But none of them are overwhelming favorites. And I, I think the same thing goes in the East if we get to the East. But I, I, So I don't see the Lakers as a top-four team in the West. But I do see them as a team that if they're healthy at the right time and get the best out of some of their role players, or maybe somehow along the way find a way to offload Westbrook along with a couple of those picks for a better-fitting complementary star or a better-fitting complementary player, period, probably not a star. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not over. It's, I, I refuse to think it, to believe it's over because I still have that much regard for LeBron James when he's at his uh, prime health and, and, and at his best. Howard, back here on the show, not just dropping nuggets of excellent wisdom, but previewing the next question. Uh, let's get to the Brooklyn Nets. Let's get to just, I mean, you talk about a remarkable culture, a lack of awkwardness, you know, stars that want to be together in a locker room, me doing sarcasm badly on the radio. What is, um, I mean, obviously that's a really, really talented basketball team. And I know we're all guessing here, Howard, but if you have to guess, does the talent on that squad outweigh the drama, or is it the other way around this upcoming season? Man, I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's ever been a, a bigger conundrum or just conflicting uh, impulses about a team, right? Or, or just the, the contrast between their talent and their volatility, right? It, it's just they're off the charts in both directions. I'm not good at making those you know, cool you know, graphics, that the, the, the <laughs> statistical charts that the, gra- that the analytics guys do, but uh, – I don't know which is the X and which is the Y axis. I just know the, the, the Nets rank off the charts in both talent and volatility. Uh, where that puts them, um, Pluto. I think it puts them on Pluto. That's where it puts them. Um, yeah, here we go. Here's all the ifs. Uh, if, if they all get along and if they all truly still want to be here in Brooklyn and, um, and if they don't undermine Steve Nash, <laughs> uh, the Nets could win the East. Like it's not it's it's not even a crazy thought. It's it it seems implausible. I wouldn't bet on it. I don't bet on anything. But I I, I don't think we should dismiss the possibility that the Nets might actually you know follow through on all of their happy talk of, of media day. And it wasn't even really happy talk to be honest. I mean they they did a good job of, of playing down everything and, and explaining to some extent what happened over the summer and saying listen we're here we're we're here to to play together and to win, and we're fine. And listen, the one thing about Kevin Durant, put aside Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons for a minute, because th- those two guys, I, I, I just I think are really difficult personalities to to get a, a, gris, a, a grasp on. But Kevin Durant, whatever anybody else may say about him and about his trade demand this summer, which I never understood, Kevin Durant, there's not a lot of artifice there. There's not a lot of contrivance. He just kind of says what's on his mind. Now, what's on his mind might change dramatically from one day or one week to the next. But if he's sitting there saying, look, yeah, I want it out, and here are the reasons I want it out, but I no longer do and I'm fine because of X, Y, Z. And he sat there and just kind of calmly explained it all. He's not really great at, 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 at politicking. It's not what he does. He's not somebody who's going to try to convince you of, 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 of something that he doesn't believe. He's, he's a fairly straightforward uh, figure. And so I'm taking Kevin Durant at his word that he's cool. He's good. And if he's good to go, 
then that's the most important piece. We still have to see Ben Simmons play for the first time in 18 months and see if his, his health and his head are, are in the, the, the right place. Kyrie is, is you know, one of the biggest wild cards we've ever seen in this league. But the talent is, is undeniable. Those three guys could all be all NBA. And they've got some really great role players. Seth Curry and Joe Harris are two of the best shooters in the NBA. Um, they've got some nice role players with Markeith Morris, and they picked up T.J. Warren, and they got Royce O'Neal. Like, this team should, you know, should be, should be really good. It's, it's just all a matter of, like, how tied together are they really? What is their camaraderie like? Does it exist? Uh, I guess we'll find out in a few weeks. Howard back here on the show. Howard from, from Sports Illustrated, friend of the show, incredibly talented NBA writer, reporter, podcaster, all of the above. Howard, uh, to what degree, if any, have you adjusted your outlook, your expectations for the Boston Celtics based on the very obvious drama and ugliness and change given Ime Udoka's one-year suspension? If you asked anybody around the league or asked any of us who analyze and comment on the league a month ago, you would have said the top tier in the East is, a, is, a, is two teams, the Bucks and the Celtics, the last two teams to make the conference or to, uh, to make the NBA Finals. Obviously, the Bucks winning the championship, the Celtics losing to the Warriors. But those two teams are the back-to-back Eastern Conference champs and probably the two strongest teams. And that's not to say that you know that the Nets and and you know the Heat and the Sixers, you know, like they're all going to be in the in the mix. But I think the top tier everybody agreed was Milwaukee and Boston. I do think we have to reassess on Boston. Like I do think that the cloud that the Ime Udoka situation has cast over that team, and the fact that they don't have the head coach who got them helped get them to the finals, right? Like it was the same basic roster that Brad Stevens had the year before. What changed? Well, you know, a lot of things change year to year in the NBA, but with the Celtics. It was the leadership. It was the voice on the bench. It was a different style. And Ime Udoka, to his credit, did a lot of things right to get the Celtics galvanized and to the finals. And to have him removed and now have essentially your third head coach in three seasons, not ideal. Um, and it, it does seem like the Celtics are a little dizzy over this whole thing, like not sure exactly what happened and why it happened. You know, and, and obviously we're all trying to figure out exactly you know, what's going on in, in, in Boston with that situation. We may not get real answers anytime soon, but um, I think that does cast a pall over things. And plus, you know, look, they've tried to bolster their, their depth, which they badly, badly need to do. And, you know, Danilo Gallinari, who they sign, then goes and, and uh, blows out his knee. So he's got, you know, gone for the season. They did pick up Malcolm Brogdon, who's a nice addition, but they've also got injury concerns at center again because Robert Williams III has a knee problem again, had surgery again. So um, I, I don't know that I can still put them in that top tier definitively. Like, they're going to be in the mix, for sure. It doesn't knock them out. But I don't, I don't have as much faith given all of the, uh, the clouds around them. Howard, back here on the show. Howard, are you ready for some what-the-bet questions? I am never ready for the what-the-bet questions, and yet I will do them anyway. <laughs> I love that, man. <laughs> what the Beck? Let's start with an easy one. Rolling Stone just dropped its top 100 TV shows of all time. What would you rate as the greatest TV show of all time, Howard Beck? Oh, man. These are tough. That, I mean, every time this question comes up, it's tough. I have a bunch that I love. If I had to pick one, I'd probably go The Wire. Yeah, I think that – I love that answer. See, that's what the Beck is magic. I love this segment. What the Beck? Uh, yesterday was National Nickname Day. What is or would you like your nickname to be? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, man. A lot of people in NBA circles, because of Zach Lowe, will just now refer to me as What Up Beck, as if What Up isn't just the greeting, but actually part of my name. Um, I like it. So that's okay. That's amusing. Yeah, uh, there, uh, friends from, from a certain period of, of my youth uh, will still call me Howie, but if it comes from anybody who's not part of that time in my life, I take it as them being kind of sarcastic and pejorative, in which case I want to smack you, so I don't recommend it. Um, I never really had any other, like, yeah, no, no, no serious nickname. You know what? Um, Tim Brown, the great baseball writer, I don't know where Tim is right now, but he was at the L.A. Times for years and was uh, primarily baseball, but he was on the Laker beat for a few years while uh, I was out there. Tim Brown, because he was a baseball guy, I was probably the only other Howard he knew aside from Howard Johnson, the former outfielder, who was Hojo. And so Tim Brown started calling me Hojo, and then that caught on with a few people. So there's my other one. (laughs) That's a good one. What the Beck? Howard Beck, what is the percentage odds that we're in a simulation? (laughs) You love this. You love the simulation. You love all this other weird, like the the rabbit holes I've seen you go down on Google in the middle of the finals game or All Star. It's, it, it, it's it's always a little bit frightening. I never know where you're going. The, the flat Earth stuff is coming from Bill Ryder or something. No, I know there are this round. That one I'm with. That one I'm down with. I get it. Okay. Uh, I don't know about the simulation. I do like the multiverse idea, right? I've, you, okay. you keep getting these multiverse movies, um, and and I'm 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 kind of down with that. Man, can you imagine, like, in some alternate universe where you and I are neighbors? Your poor life. One more. What the is there Beck? Alternate, is there yep. an alternate universe where you and I are living in Spain and just drinking sangria all day? I want to be in that one. That's a future universe. I'm just telling you right now, I don't have the money and I don't have permission from my daughter. But I'm all about <laughs> retiring in Spain. Like, I'm, all give right. me Barcelona. All day. Yes. Yes. We'll make that We'll make that this universe, Howard Beck. Um, Excellent. This, this is NBA 1. To what degree? It's actually just an NBA question, but I like. I, I want to really pull some what the back out of you. To what degree is it significant? Not only that DeAndre Aiden hasn't talked to his head coach, he claims, but that he is saying so to the media upon the first, you know, prolonged scrutiny for him since that Game Seven fiasco. Uh, very significant, very troubling. If you're a <laughs> Suns fan or anybody in the Suns organization, I was. I, I was stunned. I saw that pop up on Twitter yesterday, and and uh, I think I think my reaction was basically, "What the Beck? Um, what I, the I, Beck? Except more profane than that. Um, I, I that's so. There's a lot of things here, but the first thing that pops out, aside from just that's bad. It's been months. How can you guys not have talked? And he's clearly bitter about it because he brought it up immediately. But Monty Williams, Monty Williams is the reigning coach of the year. He's essentially two-time coach of the year because a year ago he was runner-up in the media vote, but he won the coaches' vote, which have their own coach of the year award. Like, the guy is one of the best coaches in the league and really well-regarded, and in part because of his people skills. Monty's not just some great tactician, although he is that as well, but I think one of the things that's made him stand out as as a young coach in this league, as a head coach in this league, is his people skills, and that's legitimate. I'm not doubting that at all. But because that is one of his strengths as a coach, it's all that much more baffling and surprising to me that he not only hasn't talked to DeAndre Ayton about whatever it was that went wrong with them during the playoffs, but when the media asked, he got a little bit defensive about it and and didn't want to address it, but he kind of confirmed, like, yeah, they haven't talked. I mean, it's almost as if they feel like they don't have to or he feels like they don't have to, like, I don't see how you can have that hanging over you 
as coach and star center, one of your most important players, or having hanging over you as a team, especially a team with really high aspirations. And on top of it all, of course, DeAndre Ayton wanted a big contract. The Suns dragged their feet. They didn't proactively sign him. They waited for him to sign an offer sheet with the Pacers and then matched it and kept him. And so there's so much for Ayton to be stewing about. You should be doing everything possible to try to, you know, uh, you know, calm the situation. And it doesn't seem like they've done that. It is super bizarre. Howard Beck, my friend, it, dude, I, it's so fun having you on the show. I, I, I appreciate the time. Looking forward to seeing you next time I'm out east. Glad you had a good time in Spain. And don't sleep on the simulation as like a 4% possibility. <laughs> I will not dismiss it outright. It just scares me a little. Uh, Bill, always a pleasure, my friend. Great hearing from you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 